The picture that you see that's associated with today's show is Natalie Twiddell and her little girl, Rylan. And that picture specifically is the one I wanted you to have with today's show because it's a beautiful representation of how God weaves redemption into our story. He is the master storyteller and he is the redeemer. And so Natalie's story specifically, I wanted you to hear for Thanksgiving because her story has helped me so much. She doesn't even know it, really. She has no idea how much her story has helped me, but she has helped me remember to be thankful and to look for redemption even when times are very tough. So today, it's my honor to share with you Natalie Twiddell. This is this, this is this is life. 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 This is life with Lisa Williams. Well, I wanted Natalie to share her story with us because I got to hear her speak at a women's event a couple years ago, and I was really moved by her story, and I also found courage in it literally found courage when I was going through tough times in my life later, uh, you know, because when someone goes through difficult times and they, they live through it and then they are strong, you, you get strength from that. So Natalie, welcome Mm. to my show. It's really nice to have you. I am so honored to be here, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you. And so I want to just kind of give you space, you know, to tell your story and you can go back as far as you want and just kind of unpack it so that everyone can, you know, hear what God has done and what's happened in your life. Yes. Well, I really am honored, Lisa, that you would even think of um, having me and uh, it was really sweet for me to to think back and um, trace back kind of where God has brought me in the last um, last seven years now. So yeah. it's a sweet time with Thanksgiving and in just looking back and um, and seeing God's hand and reminding myself of all all He has done. But it was really sweet. Years ago, I was a brand new believer and um, met, got really involved in a youth group. Um, and there was just this really, really outgoing guy there in the youth group who loved Jesus and um, was just focused on evangelism. And we were 17 at the time. Mm-hmm. And so we were very young. <laughs> very young, but, but did you fall in Jesus. love? Yes. Yes. And um, that's kind of fun though. Isn't that a fun time in life? You love Jesus so much. Here's this really cute guy and you fall in love with each other (laughs) and you're bananas for Jesus and you're bananas for each other. Yes. You're willing to do anything. You're willing to follow Jesus anywhere. There's no limits. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was what we had. So we got married um, in between our sophomore and junior year in college. We slept on an air mattress while he was attending (laughs) um, the master's college in California and mm-hmm. we put ourselves through college um and it was just a sweet time um of just figuring life out together and we're starting to figure things out together um and he drew was his name and he was really involved in um in ROTC which is mm-hmm. um the military it's a program through the army for in his case and it was at UCLA um down in Los Angeles and he would go down a few t- times a week and it was training um guys as they're going through college to then become officers in the military and he just he had a heart for soldiers he 
um, would do lead Bible studies. Um, he was really focused on discipleship. And so that was a really sweet time. Um, and during that time, um, the Lord opened the doors for him to become, um, to go into aviation. And so we, after a few years in California, transferred to Alabama with five days notice and moved to Alabama for a year and he, uh, to Fort Rucker and he went through, um, a year of training there to become a Black Hawk helicopter pilot. Um, and, specifically for medevac. And so that was a really great time in preparation. Um, and I think to the Lord beginning to prepare me as a military wife and what that meant. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. We got pregnant with our first son during that time and, um, and moved back to Colorado and you got to be surrounded by our family, which was so sweet. Um, and then we... Drew's unit that he was with found out that they were going to be deployed. And he wow. was so excited too. Yeah. But that I, was like a yeah. lot because you had, you had had the baby by then, right? Yes. 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 So you had your son, your first yep. son, and you know, you're still a young couple, still in love with Jesus. Your husband really loves the military, military, mm -hmm. but being deployed is a whole nother thing now. It's not just practicing no. for war. It's going in. Right. And you know what was so sweet, Lisa, is that I can look back and see the Lord preparing things. Um, and specifically with that, um, we moved back to Colorado, find out he's deploying, have our baby six months old, uh, or six, uh, six months after Caden is born, sweet, sweet Caden, um, Drew deploys and he deployed mm. to Fort Hood first for six months, but I could not be there as much as I wanted to get packed up in the suitcase <laughs> um, with my baby. We wouldn't have made it very long, but um, we, um, and then a year in country in Iraq. And so um, that time was um, definitely, it was an adjustment. I had a new little baby and for Drew, he um, left a baby who was six months old and he came back home to a two month or a two year old. Son. That really hurts the heart, doesn't it? Oh, because this yes. is the sacrifice of a military family, but yes. it's not anything we would ever ask of anyone else. I mean, who right. would do that except he was called to serve our country? And that's such a big commitment. Yes. Uh, yeah. It was really and he was a sacrifice. excited. Yes. Yeah. And he was so excited too. And I think um, with a lot of our friends in the military, there's almost, um, for that first deployment, they have been preparing for that for so long that at least right? for Drew, he was really honored to be a part of it. Um, and he really believed in what he was doing. And so he, there was a purpose behind it. Um, and I think that helped too in the separation that there was a bigger picture. And even that I think was the Lord preparing me for a few years later of just being reminded in separation that there is a bigger picture. So I think that definitely was the Lord just starting to prepare things and teach me things mm -hmm. in that. So, mm -hmm. so he came back, which was so great, <laughs> you know, and, um, life just kind of, um, I mean, deployment was really difficult. It's hard on a marriage. Um, the times that you talk are very limited and, um, at least then, uh, eight and a half years ago when he deployed, but he came back in his um, heart, the Lord had just really laid on his heart, um, wanting to be, um, 
instead of going to pick up a soldier who had been wounded or um, even worse and, you know, flying them out of there, he wanted to be on the ground with the soldiers. Um, they were his comrades and they were his brothers and he wanted to be back there, but he wanted to be on the ground fighting with them, not going in after something had happened. And so he started, um, really focusing on training for special forces. I mean, he was in excellent shape. He ran a marathon, um, in May of that year of 2008, um, with not a whole lot of training. And he just, he just was in good shape. He was just really a great healthy. Shape. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, Army he would, guy. When we, yes. When we would run next to each other, um, I'm sorry, when I would try, I would be walking next <laughs> to him and he'd be running. It would just be this, it was almost a joke uh, anyway. So he was just in excellent shape. Um, he finished the Colfax marathon, his first full marathon, um, and then, so he was in excellent shape at the time and, um, he was doing, um, uh, training to become specifically a Navy SEAL. And he had completed a first part of an assessment. Um, and what a Navy SEAL is, is, um, part of the training is a lot of underwater um, training. And so he was really great of uh, running and really excellent shape. Um, he worked out all the time, but, um, you know, he started swimming a lot in the water to get used to just what it would be like, um, if he could make it to Navy SEAL training. So, um, yeah, that was kind of what brought us to May in May of 2008. Um, I, I yeah. want to thank you for, you know, for, for telling the story, is it hard for you to go back and, and tell the story or is it, is it, what is it for you when you go back and tell yeah. it? How do you feel right now? Well, I have to admit, I was so nervous, but it mm -hmm. always is, you know, and anyone listening, whenever you can look back at a time in your life that was so dark, um, you can also see if you know the Lord during that time, just God's grace. Um, and so there's also a sweetness to that dark time because so you do feel that you feel in your heart, you feel yes, his grace because you yes. go back and kind of relive what you're about yes. to tell us. Yes. Know? And I can see now when he, when he, Jesus talks about, you know, redeeming and, and that that is the, the gospel story that also is Looking back, I can see God. He has been so gracious to redeem so much and to take a lot of the pain and the ashes and to bring beauty from them. And so I'm so thankful I'm in that chapter now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's only because of that really difficult chapter that I am in this sweet chapter now, too. So, you know, they go hand in hand. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true. So, so, um, so now it's May 2008. Yes. yes. And Drew was, um, specifically, he was training, um, at a local athletic club on his own. And I just want to reiterate that was not it. Um, knowing now what we, I know it was not a good idea. Um, as mm -hmm. excellent shape as he was in, it was definitely, um, the training he was doing the specific kind. He should have had someone with him and he shouldn't even have been doing that specific swim that he did on this date, um, on May 27th. He should not have done that swim. The Navy SEAL actually has rescue swimmers with the swimmer mm -hmm. when they do this because, mm -hmm. Um, this specific swim, it's a 50 meter 
<clears throat> underwater swim of the length of the pool and back um, without oxygen. And they want to see that you're willing to push yourself, but a lot of times um, swimmers pass out and it's called shallow water blackout. And you don't eat, the swimmer doesn't even realize it because they've exhausted themselves the length of the pool and back, they don't even realize enough to stand up just to get oxygen. No, right? You could you black out. Exactly. You know? So you're talking the length of the pool and back. No which, oxygen. With no right. oxygen, which is very strenuous. Obviously, right. I mean, how many of us are just gulping air as right. we swim the length of a pool? But yes. he was in great shape. And he'd done it before mm-hmm. without any... He had completed the swim. So... It wasn't as if it was something he had never done. And I actually had recorded him doing it. I mean, he was a perfectionist and he wanted to see what he could always, what he could be doing to improve things. And so a week prior, um, I actually was pregnant at the time <laughs> with our second son and I wiggled my pregnant 28 week you know, bottom at that time, bottom and belly waddled there, recorded him doing this specific swim and, um, and he did great. So, you know, for him, I know that there didn't seem to be anything to worry about. Um, but you know, but it, on that day, May 27th, I, um, was at work and, um, he, he was training and then flying also for the national guard, um, and that day he'd gone to a local gym and he'd brought Kaden, our two-year-old at the time, um, two and a half year old. And he, w- Kaden was at the gym, um, check-in. Uh, I'm sorry, the kid check-in. Right. And, um, Drew checked in, wor- did a workout. And then, um, I got a call about 11 o'clock and, um, it was a detective and he said there has been an accident, um, at the, um, at the pool. And right away, my heart, you know, I, I said, is Caden okay? And, and he said, you know, yeah. I can't tell you anything right now. Um, wow. but what you, a terrible call. yes. Oh, Lisa. Yes. And I have struggled with fear, um, since I was a little girl. And so, it is really amazing that the very thing that I dreaded most was what God was, it was passing through his hands and he was allowing, you know, to show me himself in it. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was not a call and it wasn't a call I ever thought I would get because Drew was back from Iraq. And so, exactly. you know, my guard is down. Right, right. Yeah. And so you get a call that yes. there's something that has happened and mm-hmm. you're pregnant and you're tw- uh, 28 weeks. Mm-hmm. And you do you drive yourself there to the gym all by yourself? I did. You know, I had someone at my work was so kind. They said, you know, no, let us take you. But they were taking so long. And I just thought, no. This, and I, I honestly thought I did not think anything major. I thought, oh, Drew probably mm-hmm. got hurt, you know, and, and I, I knew that Drew would be stressed about the finances. And I thought, I just need to get up there, get him, you know, get this taken care of. They told me to go to the hospital, um, but to meet them there. But, um, I knew that Caden, um, did not have anyone, you know, when you check your kid in, I knew that I was the only one who could check him out of the gym. Mm-hmm, and so I thought, mm-hmm. oh, if Drew's hurt, who's going to get Caden? And as a mom, you think, okay, I need to get my son and then I'll go, we'll go see Drew. And so I just ignored the detective, thought, no, I need to grab Caden. I pulled up to the athletic club. And, um, as I pulled in, I saw police cars everywhere and I believe there was a fire truck and I just knew something was really wrong. And 
Yeah, I um, remember walking in. They were not expecting me there. And I think um, that caught them off guard. All of the police officers, they thought I was going to go to a, the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they also didn't know um, I was pregnant. I think that caught them off guard. But mm-hmm. I said, you know, my husband got her. His name is Drew Laird, but I need to get our son Caden first. And then I need to know what hospital Drew's at to pick him up. And no one said anything. And they just brought me back to Caden, <clears throat> who was um, in a room and he had some police officers around and, you know, I, wow. I went and, yeah, <clears throat> I um, went and picked him up and held him and I said, you know, I'm, I'm Natalie Laird and um, I need to find where my husband is. And, and um, the police officer um, just shook his head and I just knew. And I, in that moment, yes. that was the moment you knew when he yes. shook his head while he was standing near your son. Yes. And you just said, I need to know. And he shook his head. That's what Yes. You know. And I yeah. did not, Lisa, it was almost as if you know something, but the minute someone says it, it becomes true. And I didn't want to deal. I didn't want to hear it. And I also, I just am so thankful the Lord began even giving um, wisdom, even in moments that I know my personality. and um, I. I'm emotion driven. Um, but mm-hmm. I, right in that moment, I just said, I know it was the Lord just calming my spirit and I was holding Caden and I didn't want to freak out in front of right. him. And right. so I just said, please, you need to call my family. You need to get my sisters here. My parents were out of town. They came quickly, but my sister, um, Stephanie and her husband immediately came and I just sat there and I had tears, but I just, no one said anything. Um, and, um, and I just held Caden and, and then my sister finally got there. Um, and she was wonderful with her husband and David took Caden out of the room. And then I think, sorry, then it was very real. And I knew that Drew had died. And you were just sitting there. You just sat right there in the room where your child was, where Caden yeah. was. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of, you just knew. And there was no place to go. No. You knew he was gone. Did anyone ever say it to you? Or was it just, was it just that, that yes. shaking of the head? And yes. you just, yeah. I think they, I, then I, I started crying and they said, he, they said, um, we found him in the pool and okay. I just started wailing. And I remember yeah. even looking around, I was just screaming. And I, I remember looking around thinking, who is that? Like I didn't even recognize no, it was, was coming from me. Yeah. Oh, it was just sweetie. this, but you so, know, it, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but you know what, Lisa, it was, I mean, being pregnant, the baby feels whatever. I mean, the baby is um, physically responding, I think when something like that happens. And so, um, I think that actually even being pregnant, um, you know, all of these questions are rushing through my mind of Lord, why would you allow this? And I mean, it was immediate, like why this for Ethan, my, our second son, I thought, why would he not get to meet his daddy? I mean, all these things within a minute. Mm-hmm. And, and yet I also, I was just so thankful, um, that I was pregnant because it did give me a reason to, um, live. Yes. And to yeah. focus on what yeah. I did have and that, and even taking care of my body. And, and so that was a, um, one thing I think the Lord really was that, that was very good that came out of that. Um, 
because I really, I had to physically, um, well, they, I went into labor and because it just right, right then you yes. went into labor. Yeah. yeah. And I think yeah. it's just the horror of it. Yeah. <clears throat> but, um, they, um, brought me immediately to a hospital and, um, and then to one in Denver. And I, I'm, they gave me everything they could to stop and the contractions were very hard and people we knew were praying and, um, and the, and the contractions were able to stop. And I was on medicine the rest of the time for the pregnancy, but, mm-hmm. um, but Ethan, our second son was able to go full term, which was just wonderful. I just couldn't mm-hmm. imagine having a preterm baby right after finding out my husband right. had gone to be with the Lord. So mm-hmm. I was very thankful for that. You know, just the way that you process verbally mm-hmm. through your emotions with us. Yeah. It, 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 again, I felt, I feel the way I did when I first heard you speak. Mm-hmm. It's just, there's a lot of courage, but it, I don't think that you even understand or realize it. It's like this, um, it's just a part of who you are and how God made you that you're able to be very honest with your feelings, mm-hmm. but you, you also simultaneously have such an honest faith in God. Mm-hmm. So you're able to see quickly how I, I want to wail and I, I can't process and it's, it's so much. And, mm. and then you're aware I have to pull it together because I have a baby inside who's feeling all of this too. Right. And so, and then you have gratitude that you're pregnant <laughs> where, where yeah. you know, that's, that's an easy, that's an easy process for your, your soul. Your soul is really beautiful and it processes and it helps the rest of us, you know, to go, mm. wow, I'll remember this forever oh. when she had the worst day of her life. Mm-hmm. She was able to process and land with the Lord. Um, yeah. I'm not you know, minimizing the pain no, and the grief, but I'm no, just saying I, I see your processes. Yes. Well, and as a mom, you know, when you're in trial, when you are bearing the trial as a mom, you bear it for your children even more, <laughs> I think. And yeah. the grief yes. and the loss and all of that um, in whatever difficulties or, or fires or trials. And so I think that's a really sweet thing, the way the Lord has made a mom, you know, to that there is a, it, it puts a perspective on things too, that trial is not just about us. Yes, um, it does. You know, and so, and you know, what was so sweet, Lisa, is I, um, f- this is, this is amazing. This is just the power of God. Uh, the day before Drew's death, we obviously did not know that he was going to die, um, that he was going to go home to be with the Lord. But the day before was Memorial Weekend. And so we, this is, um, this is mo- a Monday. We went to Fort Logan National Cemetery, which in Colorado um, is here where soldiers are buried. Um, we went to honor soldiers, and that was very important to Drew and to myself. Well, while we were there, I it was just the power of the Holy Spirit really prompting my heart of to ask Drew what would happen if he died. There were practical questions. I just could not remember where he would want to be buried. I mean, there were there were a list of questions and I started crying and I I sat down and I said Drew because we were watching families around us grieving and standing over the graves of so their soldier. And I said, "Please, please don't make me be one of those families." And you know, I, I mean, just as a wife, you just you can't imagine your life um, without the other. Um, but there, he said to me, and I remember this, He, and I remembered this the next day. He said, Natalie, when I die, you know that 
It is my body that is here and I am with the Lord. And that was just this powerful truth that really rang true that next day. And I really, I remembered that thinking and thinking it is his body that is here, but he is with the Lord. And there was this, almost this perspective that I could see my mind going either to the left or to the right of this eternal, the eternal perspective and the temporary that, okay, he's not here. And I definitely felt that and grieved and wept. Um, but God was gracious to bring the eternal that, wow, Drew is with Jesus right now. There was this clinging to that, you know, to yes. that hope that he yeah. was, he was receiving, um, he was receiving, I mean, so much. He was before the Lord. And that was, a, that was, and he had told me that the day before. The day before. How sweet. <laughs> and he was before. buried there. At least it was five days oh, later, wow. he was buried there at that cemetery. Wow. Well, you know, um, in times like that, it really does come down to, do I believe what I say I believe? Right. Am I going to be the person of faith that I've been saying that I am for all these mm-hmm. years? You know, and, and you cling to it, but it also becomes... It becomes really real. Mm-hmm. Like Drew is in heaven. Oh my word, yes. there's a heaven and Drew is there and I will yes. see him. Mm-hmm. But his body's here and I'm 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 mortified with grief, but mm. he's alive. And so Yes. It, oh, it becomes, yes. It becomes very powerful. I know when my dad died, mm-hmm. I remember weeping as mm-hmm. I was getting ready for the funeral, thinking, Wow, I've talked about heaven my whole yeah. life, but heaven just got really yes. real. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And as a 25 year old, I was 25. I, and Drew was as well. I was not thinking as much as I love Jesus. I was not thinking about heaven, um, very much in my day to day life, but Mm -hmm. there was a complete, um, perspective change that Drew's death allowed. I think, and mm-hmm. for my boys now that I can see there, there were some sweet things that the Lord allowed because of that, because of their perspective was different and that life, life is quick and it isn't just about, you know, the next deals I'm going to get for Black Friday. Although I have been watching things. Don't worry. <laughs> I mean, I've definitely been shopping, <laughs> but there is a bigger but there's more. perspective, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's more. And so yeah. like, you know, it was like zipped you to maturity. You, you just had to mature and. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I want to move forward in yes. the story. I want people to, you know, know where you are now. Yes. So can you take us, you know, from Ethan's birth mm-hmm. to where you guys are now? Yes. You know, um, the Lord was so gracious in just bringing so much support around me. So many people praying, um, that it almost would have been like a slap in the face, I think, for me to not be um, receive the healing that God was pouring out daily and, and the people that were around supporting us in prayer. And, um, so I was so thankful because that was such a huge part of being okay and, and beginning to take steps and moving forward. And, you know, um, yeah, that was a big, a big part of that. I, um, got really involved. I, I realized that it couldn't just be, um, I had people tell me, oh, you'll remarry. And I hated that, Lisa, because it felt like that would be the answer to Drew's death or to my grief would be re- being remarried. And that mm-hmm. was nothing God had promised. He had promised that he would be the father to the fatherless and that that he would be the husband to the widow. And so there was this um, wrestling with the Lord to find contentment in that. Um, and it was a struggle, um, just being alone in the home again and finding contentment in that, um, and sitting at home at night and 
after the boys were in bed and it was me. But I think in those moments, the Lord's physical, his presence filled the home and that helped so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I think God kind of had to bring me to a place where it was okay. And it couldn't just be, you know, this looking for this other man who would, who would fill the shoes because I didn't want someone to fill the shoes of Drew and no one will. I, I, the Lord had taken over and was gracious to step in and had filled our home, but, um, and, and, had helped so much in parenting, just all of these things. Um, but I, I did practically, I mean, I sure wasn't against, you know, I'm 25 and I thought, well, if that ever happened and Drew's family was so gracious to, to, um, give me freedom and even tell me that they were praying for that. If that was something the Lord would allow someone who loved the boys deeply. And I met Matt Twiddell and he, Oh, and he, um, <laughs> you're so cute. Well, Even he, as you said his name, you felt a lot right there, didn't you? I know I did. <laughs> yeah. The Lord was just so gracious. He had kept Matt, um, and Matt was 29, had not been married, um, and just was a part of my sister's church. And she mentioned him to me and we ended up going to coffee. Um, and you know, when you go on a date, you, um, you want to tell things of who you are. And a lot of that obviously was about Drew. And I was so nervous because I knew that Drew was going to be a part of my boys' lives. And um, and that was important. And I needed someone to honor that and not feel threatened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he asked questions about Drew. And that was just so sweet because there wasn't this um, he has, Matt has never once made me feel like my grief is not okay or a jealousy over it. And that is just something I think God has just been so gracious to give in Matt's character. Mm-hmm. Um, but he asked questions about Drew and I thought, wow, this is a really great guy. And he was, you know, good looking. I just was like, <laughs> wow, I didn't know I could, could, um, think the, you know, I had my heart kind of beat a little faster again. So um, we knew pretty early on we were serious and he met the boys. And one thing I specifically had prayed is that if that was something God had for me um, of remarriage and that it would be someone who had a heart for the boys. And, um, and one night Matt told me he's a pilot. And so he had recorded the boys playing together and he was on a trip. He said, I had missed them. And so I was looking at the recording and, and he said, and my, and this is exactly what he said. He said, my heart did something it's never done before. And he said, um, he said, my heart broke for them. And, and it was just this forming, I think of this sweet bond between mm-hmm. them and, and he's Matt. their daddy. He's oh, their yes. Dad, yes. You know? And he adopted them. We got married yeah. and he adopted them and, and has just been so just, yes, they, that's their dad. We still talk about Drew, of course. We call him Daddy Drew. And, um, you know, we've gone to military things to honor him. And, um, and I, I still, I actually ended up doing the marathon that Drew had ran a week prior to dying. Um, I never had ran before, but it, I remember Drew when he ran, he said, um, we did the Boulder Boulder together 
and this was so sweet, Lisa. Um, uh, we ran in, or I probably walked in, and he finally was like, okay. He ran back for me, put me on his shoulder or on his back, and he said, all right, when you run in here, when I carry <laughs> you in, <laughs> he said, you're going to look around. Um, and he said, I want you to picture Hebrews 12. When it talks about that, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that entangles and run the race with endurance marked out for us and perseverance. And he said, when you, I run in here every time I think those, his mom had died. And he said, I picture my mom. She's gone on before me, but she is cheering me on here. And so he said that with the marathon, that that's what it felt like to him, the running of the race. And that was very, um, very literal for me of still running the race that God had for me. It, it was very emotional. And it was, was because of that, this running of the race. Um, and yet at this point, Lisa, um, Matt was at the end waiting for me and Caden and Ethan. And it, it was like God bringing healing and, um, you know, reminding me he still had me here for a reason too. Yes, so absolutely. In the words of your, your very dear soulmate who went to heaven, mm-hmm. um, he, you know, those words stayed with you mm-hmm. when you ran and then you ran the boulder yes. boulder, but then, you know, God gave you love again and a father for your children and yes. really so much grace. And then that's not all. There's like icing on the cake. I know. And I'm in this, I'm right now looking at a pink castle because it is not for me. (laughs) It is because the Lord was so gracious to allow Matt and I to have a little baby girl. And she is so sweet and so busy and so fun and so pink. Well, because I'm making her pink right now. (laughs) She is really, she is the cutest little girl and she's a handful. I saw Natalie recently. Natalie was like running around chasing her and I was like, wow. (laughs) That girl's got energy and life. She does. She's she's almost one and a half. So she's just, and we just, um, when I look at how the Lord has just, has brought my family, it would never have been what I would have thought, you know, seven, eight years ago, what my life would be. But that the Lord just, everything had passed through his good hands and, you know, and he still had a plan, even when it was so, was so dark that he, he knew what he was going to do. And so I'm, I'm. Yes, have a heart of thankfulness for for everything and for this little girl and her pink and and for Caden and Ethan and Matt. Um, will you just speak into the life of someone who's listening who it's just been a really rough year and they just need the encouragement of someone who's been through very difficult times and has made it by the grace of God? Can you just speak into their lives? Yes. Well, I don't know why that brings me to tears almost as much as <clears throat> when we were talking about Drew's death because... I remember in the, the loneliness and thinking, I don't know how much more I can take and needing a breath of air and feeling like I just couldn't even come up for it. Um, just that Jesus turning to him and just, um, I think mm-hmm. knowing that he, um, that this had passed through his hand and he was there, he was present and opening my eyes to look for him, I think was so big. The little things I remember just thinking, Oh, Ethan slept better last night, you know, in the very early days. Like I didn't have to get up three times. It was twice. Like those simple little gifts that maybe were enough just to get through that next day. Um, and that Jesus by pressing into him, I think, and not running from pain, pressing into Jesus there. That is how I think true healing and hope comes. 
Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. That's really good. And especially, you know, right here at Thanksgiving, yes. I think it's just a wonderful reminder. I almost need the reminder every day. It's, mm. I don't know if I'm simple or shallow or forgetful or just mm-hmm. human, but like yeah. almost every day I'll begin to turn towards things that are difficult. And then I just mm-hmm. have to remind myself, oh my goodness, so much to be thankful for. And yes. so even just that little thing that you said about only getting up twice, that's something I'll carry with me because that's what we can all do. We can mm-hmm. always find something. Yes. You know, and even Lisa, in the yes, darkest I'm, times. Yes. Yes. And you know, even as you say that, the one last thing, if you don't mind, this was so sweet. This verse, even talking about darkness, if you don't mind, if I share it really quickly. Oh, please. Absolutely. Okay. That's how we'll, we can end the show with that. That would be yes. perfect. Okay. Um, you talking about the darkness and this was, I mean, I have like written this verse. It's on our, in our kitchen downstairs. This was, um, came to me early on after, um, Drew had passed away, but, um, it's Isaiah 45, three. And it says, um, I will give you treasures of darkness, riches stored in secret places so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel who summoned you by name. I mean, treasures of darkness, those two do not go hand in hand, darkness and yet a treasure in that so that you may know that I am the Lord, that there is in the midst of that darkness that he is summoning you by name. That gave me hope that there were treasures even in that darkness. There was something, something he was still doing and he had not forgotten me. 